Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast. I'm Dominic Bohan, the host of the Data Driven Podcast here, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Deidre Downing, who is the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Deidre's got a wealth of experience in education focused on teaching large enterprises the value of data literacy. I'm thrilled to invite Deidre and some of her friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal listeners. Okay. Here's a special data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast, guest hosted by Deidre Downing, the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Hello, my name is Deidre Downing from Story IQ, and this week we're going to discuss data products and AI in large language models' roles in data. Yesterday, Padram and I talked about cutting through the noise of data products, and today we're going to continue the conversation by discussing the role of AI in large language models in data. Okay. Here's my conversation with Pedram Naveed, the head of data engineering and DevRel at Dagster Labs. Thanks again for joining us uh, for part two of our conversation, although we're going to switch it up a little and move towards the AI space. So I had a really hard time yesterday not asking about the impact of AI on, on the work uh, that your teams might be doing or that you're seeing out in the world. Could you just, you know, give me the 10,000 foot view of where you see AI taking, not taking data's place, but taking a role in how data is used and analyzed? Yeah, it's such a, such a fun place to be in right now. I think even maybe a year ago, everyone was skeptical that, you know, AI and LLMs would even do anything. And now we're at such a sudden pace of acceleration that, even things that are incredible seem ordinary, which is wild to me, right? So it's hard for me to predict where things will be a few years from now, but I can say even today where I see the role of AI and LLMs really contributing is there's a few places. One is just like someone to talk to. Almost as sad as that sounds, I think data teams, data people, practitioners, they're often very lonely. Just organizationally, there's not a lot of people on the data team. I've often been the only data person at a company. And I looked at the engineers and I would get jealous because they had like camaraderie and people to talk to and bounce ideas off of. And it's just me and my notebook thinking through ideas and wondering, does this even make sense? So what I've been using AI for in those circumstances is just to talk through like a chat GPT and ask about an approach and see like, does this make sense? Are there other options I haven't considered? And it's been surprisingly good at just helping that creative process of like working through problems. So that's, I think, one really interesting aspect of AI that um, I think maybe is probably underutilized in, in many ways. I think people tend to think of, you know, these AI bots as just like completing code for them, uh, which is fine. But I think the creative process can be really, really helpful as well. And just talking to a almost human-like bot that can work through a problem with you. I think outside of that, there's obviously just like, you know, automation of code and writing data things. This is where AI is both good and bad. And I've read many articles that say, you know, data jobs are over and we're dead and there's never going to be a data job again because everything is automatable and they can write your SQL queries for you. I don't know if that future is anywhere close because I can't even usually figure out how to answer a question. So I'm not sure how a bot will. Data is notoriously messy. The schemas are notoriously hard to understand. There's a lot of just like, you know, inbuilt knowledge that you have to have in your head about that one time three years ago where someone changed something in the back end and 
you got to make sure that you change this flag from a true to a false. And that's why this extra team code exists. That's not captured anywhere, right? That's just like, you know, knowledge that someone has in their head and they've like shared. And that tribal knowledge, I think, is very hard for an AI to sort of understand and comprehend. I think the other part is like, it's just really good at lying to you. And I think data people are traditionally really hard on themselves when things are even slightly untrue, which I think frustrates, you know, stakeholders in many ways, right? You ask them like, how do we do? And instead of saying we did great, you'll come back and say something like, well, we did good if you want to consider these five things as being, you know, signs of goodness. And as long as we don't take into account these four things I didn't consider, then maybe we're on a positive trend. And your stakeholders falling asleep and wondering like, well, is that good or bad? I don't know. So there's a trade-off there as well. I think maybe some people would want us to be more like AI, just confidently say something, even if it's not true. That's probably not, you know, in the data DNA for many people. But being able to work through code, I think, has been for me really beneficial. Sometimes you just don't want to remember how to write a query. You're doing a window function. You're using some graphing library that you haven't used in two years. AI is really good at helping you just sort of figure that stuff out. And so I think for many ways, I think AI has become more of an assistant than a replacement for data people. Um, it's been a, you know, a rubber duck you can talk to. But I mean, will that change in the future? Maybe, but I'm maybe less optimistic on that front. I like what you said about using uh, AI as someone to talk to. And because it really resonates with me and sort of specifically on how I use chat GTP. And I found that it really helps me spot some blind spots in my thinking or just, uh, you know, as you said, as a creative partner, it's just you, there's these elements that you weren't thinking of. How do you think that plays into the analysis piece? Like, are there, are there ways that people are not thinking about data now that AI could potentially help them find new connections, new relationships, and really expand their ability to interrogate and question to get responses from data? I think so. I've seen articles that I haven't read, but I saw the headline and it says something like AI has found, you know, uh, connections between these things that researchers could not find because the data set is so large. So when it comes to like genomics, for example, I think there's some interest there that it's just like the wealth of information is too much for one human head to handle. But theoretically, you know, an AI head could be much, much larger. And so maybe there's a way for it to form and find these connections. Um, that's certainly outside of the kind of work I do on a day-to-day -day basis. So for me, I think it's less like, will AI discover some novel thing that no one has thought of before? And it's more like, you know, my brain gets rusty. Sometimes I am stuck on a certain path. You talk to an AI and you get a sense of like, oh, here's some ways you could explore that. So one example I think that might help for, for me is I was asking, you know, about ways to do churn analysis. And I had like been thinking about it in one way and I talked to my AI bot and I say, you know, what are like five different ways to think about doing this, right? I have to find when I give it instructions like that, like give me five different ways to do something. You know, four of them might be garbage, but one might be like interesting. And then you can start to explore that avenue as well, right? So for me, it's less about, you know, completely new novel concepts and things that we haven't done before. And more just like there's so much information and things you need to know just as a data practitioner that it's impossible to absorb. And traditionally, what I would have done in these cases is either you know, write a whole book on a subject, which is good, but, you know, time consuming. Or like go to a Google search and end up with 27 blogs from 29 vendors all on the same subject saying that the only way to do this thing is to buy their product. 
which is probably not the answer I'm looking for. And so I found, you know, ChatGPT AI bots to be kind of a nice middle ground between reading a book and trusting some random Google search because you can really converse with it. And being able to have a conversation instead of a search, I think really changes how you start to think about these things. Let's step back from, I'd say like your your data role is like very heavy, big data sets. Let's think about maybe the casual data user. So not in the, the data team. One of the things that I have found to be super interesting is the use of natural language and just being able to say, hey, uh, find the relationship between uh, weather and car crashes for me in this data set. How do you see, you know, for the the normal data person, let's say, or normal data professional, or sorry, business professional, where do you see this impacting their work and their productivity and, and their access to analysis? Yeah, it's a good question. I think yesterday we kind of touched on this idea that everyone is a data person. And so I think the real unlock with LLMs and AI is that it becomes easier for everyone to become a data person, right? I think for what I've seen personally is these people who want access to data, want to be able to process and analyze it, uh, they're often stuck because you know maybe the technical skills to process and analyze that data isn't quite there. I've seen people use like tools like Hex, which is like a notebook uh, tool that has some AI capabilities in it. And often what I'll do is I'll set somebody up with like a very simple notebook that just has the data already in it. And that's often the hardest part for people is like, you know, where do I even get started? Once the data is there, they can start to converse with this notebook through the AI bot and say, okay, given this data, how do I select the columns I'm interested in? Okay, now take the columns I'm interested in and sum them by month, right? Now you don't have to learn SQL to do that. The AI is actually really good if you're able to think about things in this way, right? And then you can say, okay, now take this and create a chart that does X, Y, and Z. Or how come I'm getting this error? Like these are the questions you can start to ask. And so I think people who are maybe less technically capable or have less experience in data, they start to feel a lot more comfortable operating on this data without feeling like they have to go to somebody to ask, you know, how do I select a column? They can start to work through that with an AI bot instead of bothering somebody on the data team. I used to uh, teach Excel skills to to professionals. And I feel like my biggest piece of advice to them was like, once you know what the formula is called, then you can Google it. You never need to remember it again, but you needed to know that language, right? You had to speak that that vocabulary of Excel. Having these large language models allow natural language just makes that so much easier for people. Do you see in your work, and, and I love this idea of setting people up with a notebook and having them explore, do you see them getting excited about data a little bit more as opposed to being perhaps uh, overwhelmed or you know, the analysis paralysis situation with that open open spreadsheet, it's real. I think I still I still sense some anxiety and fear, uh, for now anyway, with people. I think they're certainly excited and there's this like idea like, you know, I need to get my job done. I need to understand, you know, survey results, for example. And this is like a large spreadsheet and there's no way I can go and read every single comment and understand, you know, all the scores we were given, but I really do care about this particular problem. And so I think people are very motivated to solve problems. And I would say it's going to take time for them to get comfortable, you know, operating on that with an AI. It's, it's not like you have a chatbot and suddenly you feel like the most skilled practitioner in the world. I think it's just one less, one less bit of friction to get started. And hopefully what happens is like, as you start to do this, you realize it's actually not that scary and it's something within your wheelhouse and you can do it. And you're no longer blocked by, you know, the fear of bothering somebody to ask a question, right? 
I think that's what really AI has done for a lot of people. Whereas previously, like if I wanted to unblock someone, I would have to sit with them and say, okay, well, here's how you ingest data. And here's what SQL is. And here's a link to learn about SQL. And here's the types of queries you can write. And then message me if you, you know, get stuck. Well, that's not a great experience, I think, for people because, you know, they don't want to bother other people. They assume you're busy doing other things and they kind of feel helpless in that moment. Whereas now I can say, all right, well, here's um, a notebook. Here's the data. Any question you have, you can ask it in this little uh, chat box here and you can start to converse. Now, they're not going to become experts overnight. And I think there's still, I sense, like, you know, hesitation a little bit on, you know, am I doing this correctly? Is this the right thing to do? But I've also seen, you know, excitement at the fact that they're no longer uh, beholden to whether or not, you know, Pedram's available that day to answer a question. I noticed earlier you said that you use chat GPT to maybe say, give me five examples of a process I could use and, and certainly not putting your own data in or specifics about your company. Because as we know, that's open source and, and there are certainly organizations that have their own internal AI. But what sort of advice and practical, you know, uh, ways should people be using AI without putting their organization or themselves at risk for some sort of privacy lapse? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, it really depends on your organizational policies and appetite for risk. So I'm not a risk officer, so don't listen to me. But I would say um, there are some AI tools out there that are better suited for enterprise products, right? They have enterprise agreements. They can guarantee that there's no leakage of your private data. So I would say, you know, in most cases, you probably want to talk to, you know, your privacy and risk officer to see what's available for you. That said, personally, like using ChatGPT, I'm not too fussed about it. I mean, I'm not giving a company secrets, but like my SQL query probably isn't that material to anyone, right? The fact that I'm selecting, you know, star from customers table is not a, a huge risk, I think. But I would say obviously be, be sensible, be reasonable. Um, don't put something that you wouldn't want others to see and know about in these open channels. And if you're more, if you're more constrained by privacy and risk concerns, then certainly explore some of the tools out there that are, you know, specifically designed to address those things. And that's certainly at the the executive level decisions that organizations need to make, right? About how permissive they are with AI and what what forms uh, and what products. Are there any other considerations that you think should really be top of mind for executives when they're thinking about using AI in their data decision making and strategy that you know should really be top of mind and not be lost? Yeah, I think um, there's a few things. One is you you need an AI strategy. Right. I think if you don't, your competitors will have one. And there's just a productivity gap that's going to occur if you blanket, say, no AI at your company. I know personally, it's a huge unlock for myself. And I can't really see myself going back to a world where I didn't have access to these tools that made me faster and better at my job and able to do things more quickly. So you need some kind of strategy at the end of the day. And, you know, what that looks like will depend on, I think, your business vertical. Um, even what country you're in and all, and all that. So it may be different company to company, but I think having no strategy is probably the worst strategy you could possibly have, right? So there is that. Um, the other advice I would give is like, there's also this other danger that I'm maybe a little bit worried about in that by becoming over-reliant on an AI to answer a question, we maybe forget to stop and think which is a really valuable exercise 
as well. So I'm, I'm kind of speaking from both sides. I'm saying go be extremely productive, but I'm also saying uh, sometimes it's important to, to actually slow down and not depend on a bot to tell you what to do next. Yes, I use the chatbot to say, you know, what are five different ways to do something? But before I went there, I've actually sat down and thought about the problem holistically and like what problem I'm trying to solve and what are the ways that I think this should work. I think if people jump too quickly to depending on something to answer a question, then their path will just follow whatever the bot thinks is the most common way to go about something, which may not necessarily be the best path, right? So think very critically about these things. They're not a replacement for thought and, you know, time spent. Uh, really thinking critically about problems. They're hopefully an enhancement to your thought process and your productivity. I think that's a great word of warning, right? It's it's super easy to get sort of in your own world and just on a roll and forget that we need to step back and be critical or talk to another human being about what we're working on, certainly. Yeah, go for a walk sometimes. That's probably the best thing you can do for yourself and for your yeah, career. Step away from the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, I have one last question for you. And, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, the role of the data evangelist sort of came out in, in the business world, right? As someone who can speak the language of data to data scientists and transform that into a, a conversation with, you know, executives and people in, in the business as well. Do you think there's the opportunity and need to have some AI evangelists in companies that, that are really helping to bridge that gap between, you know, skeptics and people who are fully on board? Yes, especially at the larger companies, I think, that are more resistant to change, I would say, or slower to adopt. I used to work at a big, big bank, and um, this was maybe like 15 years ago. And I remember like cloud adoption was like this big thing that we all wanted and we just couldn't get. Like everyone who knew anything about computers was like, this is the way to go. And everyone who was an executive or higher was absolutely terrified of the cloud. And so it took a long time. And I think, you know, companies like that suffer when these decisions don't happen. I think what I've seen work well is some companies start to develop like internal, I think they're called like entrepreneurship uh, centers, right? Where they get people who are actually very excited and motivated by what's changing and what's new. They get them together and they give them the ability and the freedom to start, you know, testing things and doing POCs and playing around. And then what happens is these people find value. They can go talk about it internally. They can start to raise their hand when they think there's something really important to do here. So I think large organizations absolutely need to find a way to enable uh, the people who are really excited and passionate about these things across the org, because I promise you they exist, find a way to enable them so they don't get demotivated and end up leaving for someone who's moving faster and you know better, right? You don't want to end up with a company that's born with just a bunch of Luddites who hate everything new that's not going to be creating the culture of innovation you need to succeed in the in the future. Yeah, and, and businesses change, right? I, mean, I feel like yesterday, our conversation, you were like, well, we build widgets, and no one really builds widgets anymore, right? We're, we're building digital elements, and we need to really think about how we, how we grow. So I think really good advice, really solid advice for people who might be skeptical or worried about integrating AI into their work. And uh, yeah, I imagine all organizations have those people who are excited and ready to dig in and harnessing the power of the people you have, just great for organizations. Before we wrap up, any final thoughts or words on AI and large language models and data? I would say if, um, you, if you haven't played with it yet, just go and play with it. If you're a skeptic and you think it's all overblown, I was that person. Um, I'm skeptical of everything and I can say I continue to be impressed by the abilities of these systems. And 
uh, it's coming for us whether we like it or not. So better to understand it now than like four years from now when they come and you know take over the world. So get ahead of it a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, no playing catch up. Be be on the front runner there. Okay, well, that wraps up this data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Thanks to Pajam Naveed of Dagster Labs for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Pajam, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. And you can also contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at PDRMNVD, or visit his company website at dagster.io. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can always reach me. Just submit an inquiry at storyiq.com. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that when it comes to data, less is more. Thank you.